0: All right, if you'll take your Bibles with me this morning and go to the book of Isaiah and chapter number 61, Isaiah 61. If you don't know how to get to Isaiah, uh, go to the book of Psalms and take a right. And uh, if you go past the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, you will find the book of Isaiah, uh, close to a a little over 60 chapters of God's word and God's working through the prophet Isaiah and much of that being a prophecy of the coming Messiah, which is fairly uh, very exciting. And one of those verses that is a messianic prophecy but can apply is is very applicable to us today is a passage that the Lord has been leading me to and that's the first verse of, of Isaiah chapter 61. Uh, there was a a man at the fair that came by uh, yesterday, and he was talking about how uh, many times uh, he, he likes the fact that preachers do expositional preaching. And, and you, if you've been at Shawnee Baptist Church long enough, you know that I do that. I, I preach through books that the Lord leads us to for a season uh, to deal with certain issues in our lives that I don't even know about. And the Lord leads us to those kind of things, and, and we preach the whole counsel of God as God commands and preach line upon line precept upon precept even as is found in the book of Isaiah. But there are certain times in our life where God will direct a preacher or a man of God that even comes to a congregation where he will the Lord will hit on a specific topic and lead a preacher to a specific topic and this morning is one of those times. And so I I came across this this week and and the Lord would not let me go from it. So we are going to we are going to look at this verse this morning together and really find out what what it means for each one of our lives. Isaiah 61, you found it there in your Bibles. And I will read verse 1 here. The Bible says, "The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me" To bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Let's pray this morning and ask God's blessing on on his word this morning. Father, would you open up our eyes uh, to where our dependences lie or where our lives' uh, central mission lies. And Lord, would you correct our eyesight this morning if it's needed. Lord, if it's it's not, Lord, I pray that you would help us and encourage us in your Word this morning, and that you would uh, guide and, and convict in other areas where needed. Lord, that that we would be the witness and the reflection that you want us to be. God, I you know I I don't I don't have any idea of of people's hearts in here, and nor would I want to. Holy Spirit, you're the the one that that can heal, that you can, you can heal the, the brokenhearted that are even here this morning, or you can do all of those works. And so, Lord, I specifically ask you to, would you take the words of my mouth and uh, would you allow them uh, to, to be your words? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It was in 1995 that a Tampa surgeon made the news for all the wrong reasons. The operating board told him what he was doing was correct. The computer system in the hospital told him what he was doing was correct. Even the patient's file told him what he was doing was correct, including the leg that had been sterilized and ready for operation. But it wasn't until the middle of that operation in which it was too late to reverse the damage that had already been done that he heard the sobs of a nurse that started to come into the room as she was digging deeper into the patient's file she found an initial copy of his of his file and alerted the doctor to the fact that he was in fact amputating the wrong leg and we think to ourselves how can anyone make a mistake or how can how can that happen? How can anyone do something that serious? Can you imagine you making a, a decision or a a a thing in your life something that serious? And yet many people do. We we actually make a mistake about our own life as Christians. We get our central mission in life wrong. And so. Everything around us tells us that we're doing the right thing. Our friends, those in our family, our relatives, the culture tells us what we're doing is right. And yet, somehow, in the middle of a life lived for the wrong mission, we can wake up almost too late and realize that what we are pursuing is the wrong thing. And this morning, what I'd like us to do as we examine Isaiah 61.1 is ask ourselves... Am I getting my life's mission right? If you look back to Isaiah 61, one, there's a key phrase that I want us to center our time around this morning. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good, uh, good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me. And if you're a Christian here this morning, you have to realize that that is not just... Though it is a messianic prophecy, though Jesus actually quoted these words in the synagogue, and 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 fulfilled that prophecy himself, he also then later on told the disciples, "You're going to do the same thing that I I'm doing, even greater." And we'll get to that verse in just a moment. He hath sent me. These words are not just for the Lord Jesus, but the Lord, because of His blood that we sang about this morning. He hath anointed you; He's chosen you; you are accepted in the beloved. This morning, and He, he sent you. Uh, part of just my own testimony is that uh, as a as a twelve year old, I, I was I was called to preach. And I understand not everyone is called to preach in in this room here today. And and but you are called to declare the the good news of Jesus Christ. You're not maybe called to stand behind a pulpit and and lead God's heritage to follow God, but you are called to lead the people in this world that don't know about Jesus to follow him, as a disciple of him. But the Lord called me just very clearly at 12 years of age. I knew the Lord wanted me to preach. And a couple ways the Lord used in my life to show me that is I I read a book. I was, even at that young age, I was very passionate about sports. I still love sports today if you hear me talk i'll I'll probably talk about some brewers baseball with you and and i I do enjoy that sort of thing but that became even as in a young and a young person that became the central focus of my life it became it became my life's mission to be the best at, at either basketball or baseball or whatever i wanted to do and i read a book by james a stewart called i must tell i still have the copy that was given to me all those years ago and uh, this is the story of a young man who, at age fourteen, was beating most of the professionals in in the sport of soccer that every single uh, scout in 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 Europe at that time in that in that part of the world wanted him for their football team, and they were going to make it happen and so even at the young age of sixteen, he was on a professional team. And it was in the middle of a game where God stopped him. His mother had been praying for the last two years of his life that God would break him and that he would surrender uh, to the Lord, both in salvation and then God's hand on him to, to preach the gospel. And it was in the middle of a soccer game that he was, he was about to kick the ball off for the second half, and the whistle blew. And it was as if time stood still, he, he recounts the story He said god if you allow me to finish this game i will give my life to you and after that when the when the final whistle blew he knelt down he prayed he accepted christ as his savior and he went directly home and it was there that he found his mom praying and that was that was the beginning of of a man who just simply said okay god i i love this sport and god gave him other other opportunities to use the sport i'm sure but it's, it, 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 it started with a man who was willing to surrender to god so god used that book but then the lord doesn't just use books in our lives okay we can't limit god to that the main thing that god used in my life was his word and so when i read god's word i came to these commands and it says in mark chapter 16 and verse 15 And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That command alone should be more important to us than any book or any biography would ever challenge us to do. Because that's a command coming from the words of God, uh, from the mouth of God Himself. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And it's almost like there's an there's a invisible therefore in the middle of those two verses. I have all power. It's, everything is right here. And verse 19 says, Go ye therefore, there's the therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. If you're scared, God's with you even unto the end of the world, amen. And so really, those two, those two commands you can't get around. If you're a Christian here today, you're called to go. And you say, well, that was given to the disciples, the 12 disciples there. Well, we are called to be disciples. You can be a Christian that gets saved, accepts Christ as your personal Savior. You can, you can have the blood of Jesus Christ wash away your sins and live a life that that just means absolutely nothing for Christ. You can do that, but God has called you to go. And just like that doctor made the mistake of amputating the wrong leg, you can get your central mission in life wrong by not understanding these clear commands of God and saying, my central mission is to tell other people about the, the, the love of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, That has washed away all sin. I knew that I was very weak. And even today, even getting up in in front of you, my my stomach uh, sometimes squeezes. And that reminds me of just my own weakness and and what God has to do to enable me. And you might think to yourself, I'm a weak person. uh, How could God ever use me to tell of his love? Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine became my my life verse. It says, "And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly will I th- rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me." And what Paul is saying there is that God's grace, His supernatural enablement in my life, if I allow Him to do the impossible through me. I'm not not the one who can work up these impossible greater works. If I just expect that if I surrender to God, God, God's love and His grace can flow through me, the impossible will happen. God's grace is big enough. It says it's sufficient, which means it doesn't run out. You can keep pouring it and there's no end to it. God's grace is that big. So then what is... What is the reality? The reality is that this mission, this mission that's laid out in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, is every Christian's mission, is every Christian's central mission. Isaiah 61 was a prophecy of the Messiah. If you turn to Luke chapter 4, I'll have you turn there, and this is where Jesus quotes those words as he's coming into the synagogue. The Pharisees already are not too fond of Jesus at this point. And he comes into the synagogue and he's given a scroll as it was accustomed to do. And they handed him the scroll of Isaiah or Isaiah. And in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, it tells us what he said. And he he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, because he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind." to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again unto the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And that alone is amazing, the fact that Jesus Christ came to fulfill scripture but he didn't just leave it there. Jesus did that. The acceptable year of the Lord as was declared in Isaiah, he came and paid the punishment for yours and my and my sin. And then he he said these things that that I've I've set out to do, my mission, uh, the the business of my father to to heal those that are are, are bruised to, to set at liberty. Uh, those that are bruised, to to recover the sight to the blind, to preach deliverance to these captives. He said in John chapter 14, if you go there, I want you to be able to see this because this is your mission, not just my mission, not just the preacher's mission, but this is your mission, and I can prove that to you in the text. John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus is spending some last hours with his disciples before he goes to the cross. And he says these words in John chapter 14 and verse 12. He says, Verily, verily, or, or truly, truly, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me. How many of that is, is in here today? Okay, those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have depended on him alone for salvation, that is you. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. God gets double glory then. People walked around, I'm sure, and they, they realized those at least those that, that realized that he was the Son of God. I, I think about the disciples walking with Jesus as he did all those miracles. And they're like, Okay, well, yeah, that's Jesus. But when God was able to do those same works through the disciples and they gave glory to God, God was able to get double glory. People couldn't just look and say, oh, that was just, of course, of course that happened. Of course that lame person stood up and walked. It was Jesus. It was Peter and John who in John chapter 3 walked up and, and, uh, uh, not John chapter 3, but uh, they, they looked, Acts chapter 3, as they were walking up to the, the, the synagogue to pray and they, they uh, recover that man's uh, sight, I believe it was, or, or, or lameness and he stood up and, and started praising God. Well, that wasn't Jesus. God used ordinary people to do his work and God got the glory for it. That's our central mission. That's what, that's what God wants us to do, is, is his works, and he wants, to, he wants to get the glory for it. Grace is provided to every single believer for what is commanded then in Scripture. The commands to go, the commands to, to, to do the greater works, all of those, God says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, faithful is he that calleth you, and if you know the rest of the verse, quote it with me, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God will do it if we trust him to. So, from here, for the rest of our time this morning, I want to quickly examine just a few things, a few aspects, and I don't have time to cover everything there in Isaiah chapter 61, although it would be a blessing, but examine three aspects of this central mission of the gospel. So in Isaiah chapter 61, one, if you're back there, let's read the verse again with this, this all in mind. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to what? preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound." The meek are those that are humble and that will listen. And as I was at the fair this this week and able to to have uh, the the ability of with many of you to really just proclaim the gospel through gospel tract form and and even standing there and giving the gospel to people, I saw many people that said, No, no, I'm I'm fine, I'm good, or I'm good enough, I I, I don't need God. But then there were those that were meek, that were humble, that said, Yeah, no, I. I do know I'm a sinner. I do know that I'm I'm seeking God. Our mission, our central mission in life is not to make people meek. You need God. Our central mission is not to tell them that. Our central mission is to preach the gospel, preach good tidings to those that are meek. Our mission is to declare those good tidings. This is greater than even the good tidings that were declared that day on Jesus' birth when, when the angel uh, came to those shepherds by night. What a sight that must have been. And, he, and that angel declared those good tidings and made the declaration of Jesus coming into the world. This, these good tidings are even greater than that. When, when you have your central mission in life right, you are declaring the redemptive work of God in your life that Jesus Christ has has cleansed me from all my sin. There's nothing I could have done. That's something that even an angel can't even understand, the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. That's something that God has chosen us to declare, to preach good tidings to the meek. Secondly, to bind up those that are brokenhearted. It says in, in verse 1 there, He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted it could be that these brokenhearted people need to see the love of Jesus before they'll ever accept it himself uh, themselves and as i sat just in the fair booth for hours and and i would watch people just walk by and there would be your number of people that would come up to the booth and 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 take a gospel tract and even start reading it and then there were other people that would just uh, as soon as they saw Shano Baptist Church or anything uh, any of the verses, they would quick look the other way and uh, try to find something else to look at. And I tell you what, there are some people that want nothing to do with God because they 're broken hearted, and God has sent you and me to bind up those broken hearted people to show them the true love of Jesus. Maybe they 've seen some false representations of it. maybe they 've seen some hypocrisy. Maybe they've seen some, some people that claim to be Christian, but are not. They don't know of, of who Jesus really is and what he can do for them. I want you to think about the generation that is growing up right now. Not your generation, not even my generation. Uh, my generation would be the millennials, and you can go back from there and find yours. But the generation that's growing up right now, they call it Gen Z, and even the, the, the uh, ones under them, Gen A. And those generations that are growing up right now under us that are being fed all of this transgender ideology and all of these things, and even the decisions that are being made in their lives uh, to the horror of many of us, um, there is going to be a generation that grows up a decade from now, I promise you, that is going to be brokenhearted being put under the knife, decisions that are made uh, w- without them really knowing what's going on. It, mark my words, a decade from now, there is going to be a need for the people of Shawano Baptist Church to be ready, and even now today, but to be more, than, more ever than ready to minister to those that are brokenhearted. It's because of sin in our world. But, but I don't think we, we, we see it as ah oh, the tyranny of sin, the tyranny of government. Oh, if God would just deliver us from that, you don't understand. That's going to stick around. And we have to be ready and have our central mission not be uh, folding, uh, rolling over new government or making new laws or different things like that. That's, that should not be our central mission. Our central mission should be the gospel. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. We need to get our central mission in life right. And thirdly, the Bible says there at the end of verse 1, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. You know, there are people all around us that are being held captive and that are bound um, either by, by Satan or even by their, their own devices that they've allowed in their lives that are binding them and keeping them bound. And, and ultimately, it is the enemy that's, that's binding them and telling them that, hey, you'll never be set free. You, you'll, you'll never be rid of this, this vice in your life. John eight forty four 44 tells us that the devil was a murderer from the beginning, that he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And yet, just a few verses earlier, it tells us that the truth makes free. He shall know the truth, and, and the truth will make you free. The liberating truth of the gospel can break any chain, it can open any prison, it can shed light on any darkness. If, if we will but proclaim it. And that, that word is right in the text, to proclaim liberty. Too often we find ourselves proclaiming uh, reform or proclaiming uh, this or proclaiming that, and we've missed out on our central mission in life, and that is to proclaim liberty to the captives. And so as we close this morning, I want you to consider the truth that The Father did not just send His Son to declare the good news. He sent not just His disciples to declare the good news. But it says in this text, The Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me. Do you believe this morning that He has sent you? That's your central mission in life. And would you embrace it? May God help us in these days going forward even with all of the hurt and, and everything that's happening today would we not be shaken in mind would we not be distracted from god and 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 allow his grace to enable us to keep our life's central mission right let's pray